Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we kick down a door to analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2, one, everything's on fire, minute at a time. I'm Zach Luna. <laughs> uh, I'm Scott Corelli, and this is fine. <laughs> and I'm Joe Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Glad to be here. You know. Today's minute is minute 78, uh, which is the one that starts with Peter looking across the street at a burning building. And ends with him rolling out of the way as some of the burning rafters fall down towards him inside said burning building. It's pretty much all burning. How did he get there? Just, <laughs> I just need to. I just need to uh, apologize to our listeners. I was just laughing because I just got the mental image of of like a little a little Spider Man dog in a fiery building, <laughs> drinking coffee, saying this is fine. fine. Yeah, this is fine. This yeah, is fine. This is fine. This is absolutely fine. <laughs> 2018 um yeah so how does peter get from uh where he is to inside the building uh first of off first of all yeah that's how the actual phrase is said Uh, first of off first of off uh even though the whole sequence is about peter um not being able to to tamp down that voice inside him anymore that tells him that if he can't help people he must help them uh and how his knee-jerk reaction yesterday was to go for the superman move we still have this little beat at the top of the minute where he tries to retreat Mm -hmm. Um, until he hears about somebody trapped inside when it goes from being an abstract, dangerous Mm. scenario to a personal one. Well, it's not, it's not, no, it's not quite there. It's, it's because he doesn't, he asks, he actively asks about like what, what's going on. And then that's when somebody says there's someone trapped in there, but he, he still runs up to the, yeah, he still crosses the street prior to knowing anything other than there's a fire i took it as he starts he starts like backing away almost like he's gonna run it away Mm -hmm. because he feels guilty about not going to help but he he Mm -hmm. hears the the guy talking to someone else and and that guy says like the chen's daughter is still in there or something like that and so he needs Mm -hmm. like a a little nudge um to ask if somebody's in there but i think he's almost Mm -hmm. gonna back away until he hears wait somebody might possibly be in there like he needs like the barest excuse it's like Oh, oh, maybe yeah. they might possibly <laughs> perhaps need me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Remember who you are, Peter. Come on. Um, yeah. All I all this... I heard, I didn't I didn't hear whatever you guys heard because all I heard was him yelling, "Somebody call the fire department." Um, oh, I only, right. I only yeah. got so. that from listening to it like closely with headphones, so it might be yeah. in the mix a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to phrase. I mean, he says it, but it is very much you know. There's the music and the sound of the fire and whatnot, and it's not. Unless we were closely reading it the way we are today, I don't know how many people would hear it on an, on first yeah. blush. Um, we're probably more preoccupied with like looking at the the look of the bakery or whatever <laughs> that is, a bodega parlor. type uh, ice cream parlor. Sure, <laughs> like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's, like, a nice little sign there and whatnot. It just seems like there's, like, random loaves of bread out front and whatnot. Uh, I think that's where my mental energy goes rather than, what is he saying? <laughs> I'm immediately wondering, what arson set this fire? Because it is a raging inferno. Yeah. I think there had to be accelerant involved uh, it, to get the building going up like this. Uh-huh. And earlier in the week, we sort of speculated, I mean, you know, facetiously, uh, that... Peter was looking at a newspaper long enough that this all went up in flames behind him. So maybe it was some sort of turpentine rag fire uh, or something. But it is, there's so much of it. And it's such an even scary burn. Um, just a classic on fire on mm-hmm. building that's on fire. This is definitely a uh, just a normal uh, bo- bodega. Because like the, the signs mm-hmm. inside, like by where the register would be, there's like signs mm-hmm. that say like beers. Um, and oh, I things see. like that. So, yeah. and it's like selling fruit what, I thought, I thought outside. There was a bodega and then the ice cream next to it. Uh, oh, maybe uh, maybe the corner itself is a bodega. And yeah, like right yeah. Next I thought to corner it. bodega uh-huh. and then like farther down is the ice cream place. It has a muffin yeah. on it though. It's an ice cream. Oh, is that place? a muffin? Oh, that looks okay. Okay, bakery then. Yeah, that... I, I, I would concede. explain the, the loaves of bread that were spot. Right. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah that were... I'm also I'm curious about this fire because like. <laughs> It's already through the center of the top of the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's fire coming out of the top of the building. So that means, like, it's done, right? Like, there's no structure inside if that's happening. Yeah, I don't know. Would be my assumption. Mm. I don't know how much damage the roof is going to take before it starts flaming that the stairs below it haven't collapsed. Right. Or, I mean, this if the stairs are in the center of the building, then maybe I could sort of see, like, the, the load-bearing walls and whatnot that actually create the apartments and whatnot are still fairly sound, but the fire went up through the middle mm. to get to the right. top. The, uh, the chimney Maybe. effect up the stairwell. Yeah, yeah. But even so, this I feel like the stairs would be in much worse shape than they are when he runs up there. And the, the building <laughs> itself is really well, uh, well built because, like, the building on either side, because this is sort of, like, on the corner... The building uh-huh. on either side have—they're not even touched. Like it doesn't even. <laughs> there's nothing going on there. It's really just this one little block of building that is uh, being destroyed. But it's not—it's not breaking through to the other buildings at all. No, so. just a just an upward towering inferno situation. Mm-hmm. Not a, it's yeah. not spreading in any way. We all know heat never goes sideways. So no, right. of course Only not. No. <laughs> doesn't care. Um, when. Uh, when Peter does run up and ask what's going on, um, I do like how sort of not not generically, but like classically heroic he looks when he sort of jumps into the frame. Is anybody in the building? And then hears that that you know somebody's trapped in there, and then rushes back out. Like right. he is a classic like hero arriving on the scene there. Um, right. I, I almost wonder if this is like the face he makes when he's normally in the Spidey suit because we never see like <laughs> what is his what are his real expressions when he's in the suit doing all the like dramatic posturing as a hero right uh, and i kind of feel like this is <laughs> is this his look this is his hero face <laughs> it must be i will say yeah, yeah. um before we before we get into that which i think mm. is going to lead to a larger discussion i just want to point out that i believe this is the same corner of the back lot where the uh the thieves uh caught in uh webbing in the oh, in the first yeah. film um, the, yes, the yes. bank robbers, the, the jewel heist. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Or bank robbers, or or whatever. Yeah, no, jewel heist thieves. people. Yeah, they <laughs> like the the webbing is right there because I recognize that clock and I believe that art gallery sign was a jewelry sign in the first film. But I believe yes. this is the same exact corner. 
mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of the back lot. Uh, so that's, well, back that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's movie time right now. Um, another like charming throwback to, to Spider-Man one, we could maybe say uh, here is that the man at the fire who's, you know, going on yelling, very good at yelling, by the way. Wait you know, a second. Like so good. At is, is he from the bridge? This is yeah. This is Michael Edward Thomas. Oh. He is the one of the New Yorkers on the bridge in the first film. He's the one who says, "You mess with Spidey, you mess with New York." And hey, yeah. I got something for your ass when the civilians yeah, he, are throwing he, stuff at Green Goblin. He's got like yeah. a crowbar or something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's. I mean, that's a that's fun, like a nod and like, hey, let's give jobs back to people we liked last time. But also in terms of like people that Spider-Man has saved or helped in the past that he's crossing paths with them again, uh, mm-hmm. even when he's not Spidey. Um, I just think that's really, that's really cool. So, of course, if you go listen to the the Bridge Minutes last season, we, we talk more about Michael Edward Thomas, but it suffices to say that he has little roles here and there in TV and movies throughout the years, and um, it seems like Sam likes working with him. Yeah. I, uh, so this whole thing with, with Peter running into this burning building, I mean, it really mm-hmm. just kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week as far as... Uh, this film taking the, um, the, the, the phrase, that philosophy of great power, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. And Mm -hmm. in the first film, they depict it as just a promise that he made to his uncle, you know? And they're just like, well, you know, he died and, and he said that before he died. So I should, I should live that way. And it feels like the philosophy of this film is really trying to deconstruct what that really means. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is sort of like that perfect example of like, well, the true meaning of, you know, great power, great responsibility is what Otto says at the beginning of the film. Like, you have a responsibility to the world. <clears throat> like, yeah. you know, he talks about being really smart and, uh, you know, having these scientific gifts. And he's like, it's our responsibility to use them for the betterment of mankind. Mm-hmm. And that philosophy is what is happening here, right? And what this movie yeah. is all about. Like, uh, with great power comes great responsibility isn't about a promise to his uncle. It's about mm-hmm. a promise that he owes the world for having yes. that power. And yeah. Yeah. that's what this moment is to me is like it, it it's about him sort of, um, I don't know, stepping up to the plate and figuring out like, OK, I want to be a normal person, but like maybe I'm just not. Maybe this is what yeah. I'm here for. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just yeah. a hero and whether or yeah. not whether I have powers or not, you know, mm-hmm. To me, the second act, when he when his powers are on the fritz, and and the movie no, never really gives us an explanation for like it's not an attack by a supervillain or anything. Like his powers are on the fritz because he's kind of questioning his role as Spider Man. To me, it's always the inversion of the great power, great responsibility. It's mm-hmm. saying with great responsibility, you get the power. If you're going to shirk your responsibility, you don't have the power. Like you got to step up yeah, to the plate. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And um, and and this this is sort of the the moment where it it sublimates from like, like Scott was saying an individual thing with one person to a larger relationship to the world where Peter, you have to use what you have to help people to the absolute best of your abilities. It's not enough to just like, you know, try a little bit. It's if you have an ability to help you, you must help. That's your, that's your duty as a person. Otherwise society doesn't really work or it, (laughs) it's going to be a pretty nightmarish 
place when people aren't equal and they're not uh, in terms of ability or reach or influence or money or all sorts of things. There's a lot of inequality and the only way we get along is if the people with more power help the people with less. And this is like this the least amount of power he's ever had in terms of, you know, narrative, uh, uh, you know, heavy lifting of objects and, you know, super heroics or whatever. But it's still more power than somebody who's trapped in there and 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 uh in a in a tricky spot and he you you have to help them that's in in the core of his person he knows it's the right thing to do he has to become more of himself it's not that he's like changing into a different person it's this is who you were all along peter and you have to recognize that mm-hmm. and i kind of yeah um i i like how I mean, it, it's not explicit in any sense, and maybe I'm, I'm projecting it onto it, but, like, mm-hmm. the implication of what his power in this situation is, because he doesn't have, like you said, the physical uh, yeah. powers of Spider-Man at this point, and he knows it, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's actively kind of uh, tossed those aside, yeah. um, or thrown them in the garbage, if you want to say it that way. <laughs> um, but in this case, like, the power he has is the guts based on experience from the past. Like, mm-hmm. it, all he has yeah. is the guts, because, like, he's standing next to someone who could based on like their physical prowess do exactly what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. All he has is like, well, I've been through something like this before. So I have like the courage and maybe a modicum of experience mm-hmm. more than yes. someone else on the street. Mm-hmm. But you know, really he doesn't have any, any power. Um, and, or, you know, it's, it's the same amount of power that anyone who can become comfortable with this circumstance can have. Yes. And so this, this is a very reasonable amount of power for everyone on the street to say, it's like, well, I mean, like, I guess I could run into a, a burning building and do what he did. <laughs> if, like, if I needed to, I guess. But, like, yeah. what Peter has is, is the need to. Like, mm-hmm. his, his his psyche has that need, and that's his power right now. And so he's responsible for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, I, I'm not sure about the actual scientific mechanics of when is a good idea to go into a burning building like i think smoke inhalation yeah really quickly so i don't know if like in general this is a like yeah anybody should run into a burning building type of scenario but it it works very symbolically for where he's at in his like emotional narrative here right i will say scientifically i know if you have a fire in an apartment building shut the door that's PSA oh. for everyone. Shut okay. the door. If there's <laughs> yeah. a fire in, in the building, that helps prevent this situation that we see in this film right now. Yeah, <laughs> restrict some of that airflow. Because yeah. this building's like Swiss cheese or something. Like, it's just <laughs> yes. air going everywhere. <laughs> Pretty much immediately, his egress is eliminated. Like, those stairs are not viable. No. <laughs> like, he walks in, <laughs> and something falls down. It's like, sorry. I, right. I hope there's another set of stairs. <laughs> I guess Which I'll there, deal with that in a bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know when he deals with that or how he deals with it. And I'm not saying I've watched the next few minutes. <laughs> but if he gets out, it might be through the same door he came in. Not sure how he pulled that off. Pretty miraculous, all things together. I, I just want to say, like, in terms of the interior of this fire thing, um, you know, a f- it's a good looking fire. It scares me when he goes I, in yeah. there. I kind of wanted to ask because, like, I'm pretty convinced by this entire environment. It's like, okay, they, they, like, they probably must have had Tobey Maguire inside some sort of set. I'm hoping with controlled fire, but it's like, mm-hmm. this looks pretty convincing, and I don't know how they do it. How many layers? Like, uh, how, how much which layers are CGI? Which yeah, layers are yeah, actual what, flame? Yeah, right. because I'm like, I'm pretty convinced by all this, and and from a movie making standpoint, I'm like, 
I don't know how you safely film this scene uh, with like a camera crew and everything. It yeah. it is it is uh, by my eyes, and I watched it a bunch of times. It's almost all CG. Like as far as okay. like um, uh, Toby is on a green screen of some sort and is uh, working with a practical door and everything that's on the green screen. But like the actual background of the burning building is not there. Um, that was shot that's separately. That's a plate. Yeah. Like, but shot, shot as a plate with real burning things. I think that's, right. that's why it sells, sells it better. <laughs> they it's, just then put them it's together. It's easier to composite shots convincingly than it is to just, you know, from scratch make convincing fake fire right he's yeah. like he's walking well, yeah, I mean, up to he's walking up to a floating door like the like the door in the prestige like that's that's <laughs> that's what he's walking up to right now like surrounded by a green screen or blue screen or whatever whatever the technology mm-hmm. was at the time um yeah and and then they have like this plate of an actual burning building totally yeah, yeah. Uh, which i do want to say as nice as all that fire looks and as you said very intimidating I'm not, I don't feel Peter feeling the heat that would be there. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I think immediately every drop of sweat that's in his body would be out (laughs) if you're in that situation (laughs) with that much heat. And also I feel like it's, it's pretty lacking on smoke. I think I, I, one of you had mentioned smoke inhalation pretty early on as as Mm. like one of the things for the scene. There's not a whole lot of smoke happening in this scene. I know that would obviously obscure the camera. So there's reasons like stylistically that this is a pretty minimal smoke fire but for how much flame is around above and below within the enclosed building i'd expect a lot more smoke than what i mean see. even from the exterior totally. it didn't seem like a yeah. lot of smoke was pouring out yeah it's like uh like lightning without the thunder or something where it's just well <laughs> we want to look at this but we don't want to deal with all of the extra stuff uh <laughs> yeah that would come yeah. with it i suppose yeah i mean you um, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see anything um with as totally. much smoke as there should be in this scene yeah yes he does he does look conspicuously not sweaty but i i think it's worth it for the sort of visual gag that happens so i mean i guess this is skipping <laughs> skipping ahead a little bit right but uh before he attempts to like knock down the door they have sort of their most glamorous like warmly lit you know heroic shot of peter saying whatever he says i'm coming in uh-huh. you know ready to be a big hero and now, the, the fact quick, that he looks that, great, I think, sells the failure even more. Is that before or after he burns all the skin off of his hand, grabbing a doorknob and a flaming <laughs> I believe that is uh, after. Well, uh, that <laughs> is, uh, I mean, that's that's why I don't think his powers are really gone. I mean, you know, it's psychological. Mm. Like, he runs I, his, I, I feel like when he rams his shoulder into the into the door, what's actually happening is like right before it happens, he's like, Oh wait, I don't have super strength. And then he's like, ow, because like right after that, he kicks, he kicks the door down like with one kick. Like that's, that's super strength. Bro, like you was his got... shoulder like loosening the uh, lid on the yeah, uh, it, it, on the bandage like, jar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the pickle jar, sure, <laughs> a yeah. compromised door frame. Um, well, I was oh. curious, like, what level of physical fitness does he retain having like? He doesn't have his powers like he's using his glasses, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know to what degree his powers are, are dissipating. But it's like, but no, <laughs> like, does he have like an above average metabolism at this point? Does he have? Mm-hmm. He has all know? of his powers. His powers aren't gone. They're, he's it's all psychological. He's just repressing them. Yeah, he's repressing yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't so like, want even them. If, even if he doesn't. It doesn't deep like like a uh, reach down and access the the true amount of strength that he has in his superheroic 
physique or whatever, he still has a lot of like physical muscle right. mass there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and when he goes for the shoulder into the mm-hmm. door, it's like I don't think he really puts even like a full basic Peter Parker weight into that. <laughs> no. Like it's a, it's kind of a half-hearted shoulder bar. Right. That's wow. that's why it makes me think that he backed off at the last second of just like sort of I don't know second guessing himself. Like oh I can't mm-hmm. do this. I'm just a person now. Yeah. I go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do you like mentioned it. Oh, sorry. Yo, yo, no, go right ahead. If there's something that popped out, to oh, you, I was just going to say that beat of like the, the shoulder slam against the door. It's one of those comic beats that you see crop up periodically. And it almost always works. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, some form of either trying really hard and failing or saying you're about to try and someone else saying, what are you going to try and saying I did, you know, some form <laughs> <Yeah>. of those. <laughs> the one that springs to mind for me is, uh, in clue. There's like a, there's a whole sequence where, um, Miss Scarlet and uh, Colonel Mustard are trapped behind a door and everybody's trying to break it down. And at one point, like, Tim Curry just says, I'm just going to have to break it down. And he, like, backs up really far and just, like, yes. does a full sprint at it. And every time it kills me. I mean, like most of the jokes in that movie. Yeah. It just I mean, it is an old gag. Over on the protagonist podcast, we did an episode on the Dick Van Dyke show. And it oh, yes. Where oh, yeah. uh, he, he runs across an entire hotel room to try and break down a bathroom door that his wife is, is stuck in the bathtub and locked in the bathroom. <laughs> and, like, he throws himself against it. And then she yells out, like, when are you going to try, honey? <laughs> and, like, he's holding his shoulder in the Dick Van Dyke Gumby-esque way. Like, his shoulder's right. up near his ear all of a sudden. <laughs> So, uh, you know, sometimes the, the tired trick is still, it's still got some life in it. Uh, it it's, it's a classic for a reason, I guess. <laughs> I, in this case, I, I really feel like it's on Toby. Like, mm. th- this is a funny moment, and Toby sells it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's, he has a knack for that. Uh, I, that isn't always tapped into, but when, it's, when it is, I, I, I like it. It's, it's the thing we come back to a lot, the idea that... Um, because Toby hadn't been a quote-unquote action star in anything before this, he's not very like vain about his uh, appearance or the way he's presented on screen. So it's it's sort of that Lucille Ball thing of, you know, he's he's a handsome young man. She was a beautiful young woman, but she was like willing to make herself look ridiculous and unglamorous to for the sake of a joke. And I think, I mean, it's become a meme at this point. But you can chart all the times that Toby Maguire is just willing to look totally goofy for the sake of a beat landing and i i like it i respect it i think it leads to to good moments like this with the door yeah ow, <laughs> ow. and i think sam Raimi also likes to let these beats um draw out a little more than some other directors like yeah. after he hits the door it, it lingers on the you know the, his reaction shot for longer than i think a lot of other directors would do where it'd be okay the yeah, done, you, you kind of you kind of lose the immediacy of like this is a burning building and <laughs> mm-hmm. you are going to die if you take too long thinking about how much your shoulder hurts mm-hmm. totally. I, I, and i think that's a, a kind of comedic bit that sam Raimi does with toby mcguire in the spider-man films pretty often is, is like the reaction is like five seconds longer than you expect mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah and, and it's consistent with the with the tone of the films mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, and, and yeah. I think that Toby does a really good job of bouncing back from it, too, like letting it li- like live in the moment just long enough and being able to sort of switch on a dime, you know, of, like, yeah. OK, but now I really, it, you know, now I have to be serious because I do actually yeah. have to knock this door down because there's a little girl on the other side of it waiting for me, you know? Yeah. New tactic. Right. Yeah. And. And it is it is kind of thrilling when he does it. I mean, I know he immediately goes back into like cowering nerd mode, but. To see the determination on his face and then just like smash down the door mm-hmm. is, uh, I get I get excited when it happens because I'm like, yeah, th- there you are, Peter. Like, mm-hmm. come on, 
<laughs> but then not, he, not he the when ho- he not the hook version of there you are Peter but right. the, like <laughs> Peter Parker my Peter <laughs> when uh, when the when the ceiling uh, collapses see like that's that's another example of like yeah he has his Spider Man powers like that's his Spider mm-hmm. sense telling he's, him to roll out of the way and... yeah mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. It, it's there he's just not using them to the full extent of their abilities but also like or trusting them yeah, yeah. right yeah. but his abilities aren't gonna let him die either. So, <laughs> I, you know, I think that's yeah. his that's his edge in this whole situation is that his powers haven't gone anywhere. He's just, you know, c- keeping them on the back burner psychologically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do. That shot when he does look up at the ceiling uh, is genuinely terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's it's got to be a practical play of a real burning thing. But like it's not to that degree where it happens like when I'm watching it on my uh laptop or whatever you know to prep for a minute but i remember like in the theater when the the ceiling was burning and that thing falls towards him like i almost flinch out of the way because it feels Mm -hmm. so convincing like all the debris and the the flames like spilling out across the ceiling it's just like a a very visceral moment oh yeah i completely agree that it's visceral when you're in the moment but i will say if you're analyzing this one minute at a time I started to wonder about the uh, the internal uh, structure of this building. Like, <laughs> how high up is that going? And then, like, in some other reverse shots, like, how far down does this building actually like, go? How tall are these ceilings? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they can sort of stretch into that distant area. Because when he came in the room, it seemed like it's a, you know, pretty low ceiling apartment or something. But when he looks up at the the danger beam or whatever, when his spider sense helps him there. Uh, <laughs> danger beam? Yeah, you know, danger rafter, whatever. Uh, it... <laughs> That's what it Cyclops like like tried vaulted. to call his powers. <laughs> it's my danger beam. It's my danger beam, Gene. <laughs> and she's like, no, Scott, look at your your one eye. It's better. Come on. Greek, Greek mythology. Um, yeah, it's not consistent. Plus, like, is what is where does all the debris come? Is it just the, like, material that makes up the ceiling in that spot coming down? It's almost as if, like a whole bed frame worth of wood is crashing down. Well, I, I assume hole. just like here, there's a lot of debris all over the floor. And if the floor collapses, then all of that debris is oh, going to yeah. come down as well. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that, like you said, bed frame stuff that people keep right next to their front doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In their apartments. I mean, I, but no, it, it really could be like, you know, somebody's umbrella stand. Yeah. 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 Or even like it, However long this has been burning, maybe two floors above this, something big was there, and then that landed there, and then now this floor is finally giving away. So, it's there's an accumulation of stuff. Uh, it's just a just an a, a strange beat. The longer you look at it, and I realize, like, <laughs> how much stuff falls down. And... Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But wait, um, how much does it block that door? Is that door also no longer viable for him to egress? I think the door he, he can come through. Two, yeah. two ways to go out. I think it's just a pile. I think it's just avoiding the pile because it when it lands, it kind of goes to the side, and it's it's, yeah. it's burning to okay. a degree, but there's still enough like space for him to get through. Um, it's not as if it, you know, sometimes you look in a direction and it's like pure flames everywhere. I don't think it's quite that. Or level. is or, it enough to get through? Is he going to die in this building? Unless, right. unless I guess we'll have the, to the tune tragic in. end of Spider Man. <laughs> tune in later this week to find out if Spider Man gets out of this uh, this scrape alive. Yeah. Um, well, uh, guys, what do you what do you got to plug? Uh, I uh, over on another part of the Dueling Genre Network. I co-host the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character and a great story. And we try and keep keep it eclectic. One week you might hear us talking about a classic British novel, and the next an anime, and the next uh, sitcom. 
Uh, and like our only our only goal is to talk about every great character and every great story ever. So we'll be around <laughs> for a little while uh, doing that. Awesome. <laughs> And I work on that show uh, with Joseph, but I also, with my wife, make Disney Animation Minute Essentials, uh, where we go through Disney animated movies one minute at a time. We completed Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and uh, our recording schedule for The Little Merminute was interrupted by uh, needing to rescue a a child from birth (laughs) and and, and infancy, and, and it's a really long process to rescue a child from absolute helplessness to being able to <laughs> sit up on their own <laughs> congratulations by the way but a little more <laughs> will be coming yeah yeah we are working on it <laughs> awesome awesome yeah uh all right well uh, you can you can check out both of those shows uh at duelinggenre.com so go check out uh the website and all the other podcasts that we've got going there and uh we'll be back tomorrow with minute 79 bye everybody bye, bye.